What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. Today, I'm going over my favorite players by round. This is something that can be helpful to you, irregardless of your formats, irregardless of your draft position, none of that stuff. This is just straight up what players I look at and say, whether it's due to upside or due to high floor or due to consistency, whatever the reason may be, players that I love drafting. This episode, more than any other, is going to show you the players that I personally will have most often on my teams this year in redraft. So we're going to start it off with round one. Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey. Christian McCaffrey is an easy one, does not need much explaining at this point. If you've been listening to the podcast for even just a week or a year, you know that Christian McCaffrey gives you the single biggest advantage in fantasy football because of the stats that I've laid out previously. So let's talk about Kelsey. It's a similar thing to the tight end position. But the reason I love Kelsey so much aside from the fact that he gives you the second best advantage in fantasy football in terms of value over replacement, is the fact that you're getting him at the end of the first round. Sometimes you're getting him in the beginning of the second round. That's pretty ridiculous. I would take Travis Kelsey, and I would have no qualms about you doing so, at third overall. Maybe second overall. It's really a discussion between him and Dalvin Cook, And you could easily be moved off Cook Cook by the fact that he misses a couple games every season. Plus, his VORP, his value over replacement, his value to you in his position on your starting roster is not as valuable as Travis Kelsey's. So that's why Kelsey and McCaffrey are my favorites. There will be a few drafts out of every 10 where Christian McCaffrey does not go one overall. So Christian McCaffrey, he's always a top three pick, right? But Travis Kelsey, like I said, sometimes he drops to the second. So those are my two most common and favorite picks in the first round. Now, what about the second round? By the way, I have no structure for this podcast, okay? I looked at ADP. I know my ranks. I know my stats. I know at this point, I've done my analysis. I know pretty much everything I want to know to be able to hold this discussion. And I am also not going to restrict myself to one player per round or two players per round or anything like that. If I see a player in a round that I know absolutely somebody I target every single time I'm in that round, then I'm going to mention him to you. So that's two players for round one. There is only one clear and obvious player, in my opinion, in round two that is my favorite that I target every single time, and that's Darren Waller. Travis Kelsey is worth pick two or three overall. Darren Waller is worth pick eight to 12. That's the back of the first round. That is what Darren Waller is worth, and you never, ever have to pay that price. Darren Waller often 
goes in the third round because he's at the very back of the second round. I'm telling you right now, you start a draft with a top-tier running back and Darren Waller, you're good to go. You are good to go. Just play decent, play average, and you're going to make the playoffs. So Darren Waller is definitely my favorite because while he doesn't give you the advantage Travis Kelsey does, Darren Waller is still going to give you four points more per week compared to anybody else's tight end outside of the person who has Travis Kelsey. And George Kittle, you'll maybe get two and a half points weekly or three points weekly over a George Kittle. So that's why I love Darren Waller because that's so much higher than any running back or wide receiver you're going to draft in that range. So I love Darren Waller in the second. In the third round, once again, one clear answer for me. It's Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is my wide receiver seven. Keenan Allen could easily lead the league in targets this year. He could possibly lead the league in receptions this year. With Hunter Henry gone, his target share might go up. Who knows if Justin Herbert is going to get better. He was so good as a rookie, I find it hard to believe that he's going to get better, which means that compared to my projection that puts Keenan Allen at wide receiver seven, he could vastly outproduce that. If Justin Herbert gets better from last year, which I did not really project in my projections, and he has four extra touchdowns to go around and 500 extra yards to go around and 30 completions to go around, and you give 30% of that to Keenan Allen, guess what? Keenan Allen, and I say 30% because that's pretty close to what his target share is, and you give 30% of all those extra stats if Herbert gets better compared to what I project, guess what? Keenan Allen is wide receiver three or four. So Keenan Allen is somebody I love. Once again, just remember we're talking redraft. Keenan Allen, that's the guy for round three. Round four, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Now, before we continue, I just want to mention something. So far, you guys know I always start running back heavy, right? Running back and tight end heavy. So far, I've mentioned one running back. You are not going to hear many running backs on this list, and that's very important to key in on because... And, as, and you'll see this later on, for sure. But as we go, you're going to hear wide receivers, wide receivers, wide receivers as my favorite targets in rounds. That should be a clear indicator to you that there are good wide receivers to be had in the middle of the draft, in the end of the draft, and the beginning of the draft. But if you're not hearing running back, then you probably should be spending those early picks on those running backs that are way easier to project and are guaranteed touches and are very talented, you should spend those picks early on the running backs because you know there's plenty of wide receivers later on. So I love Austin Eckler. I love Najee Harris. I wanted to put those guys. I love Antonio Gibson. I wanted to put those guys as my favorite players to draft per round, but they were not differentiated enough compared to all the other good running backs in that range for me to pick them out as a clear favorite. And that is why Kelsey is my favorite, aside from McCaffrey, in round one. Darren Waller is my favorite in two. Keenan is my favorite in three. I love getting DeAndre Swift at the back end of the third round. That's great, especially in PPR. Well, pretty much only in PPR, that's great. So I love those running backs heavy, but as you pay attention to the rest of these picks, you're going to realize, man, he's not picking many running backs. It's for a reason. Wide receiver is much, much better later on. So Let's keep that in mind. Now, in round four, my favorite targets are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. 
It's kind of weird to me that Robert Woods is at the top of the fourth round and Cooper Cup is at the back of the fourth round. I have them literally ranked on top of each other at wide receiver 9 and wide receiver 10. So you're getting top 12 wide receivers, in my opinion, with upside to do better than that, depending if one hugely out-targets the other, which I doubt. But you have potential for them to massively outproduce what I'm projecting. They both could be top five wide receivers, not at the same time, but individually, either one could definitely be a top five wide receiver. Cooper Cup has done it before. Robert Woods, if he ends up being the guy that Stafford likes more and the touchdowns land in his favor, Robert Woods could be as well, especially with Darrell Henderson now hurt. Yes, they traded for Sonny Michelle, which, by the way, at the end of this podcast, I will give some updates on some things that I've tweaked that I've learned in the preseason and some injury stuff as well. So I would say remind me to do that, but obviously it's a podcast, so I guess I'll have to remember myself. But Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, either one of them could be a top five wide receiver. Both, I think, are safely inside the top 15, despite injury, as long as they don't get injured, right? So I love them both. You're getting them in the fourth round. And when I start with either Kelsey or Waller and two running backs, I love getting a Rams wide receiver as my wide receiver one. And if I start three running backs, still, same situation. Love a Rams wide receiver as my wide receiver one. It happens a lot for me. Then in the fifth round, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm always preaching quarterback late, and I fully believe that. But in this scenario, it is kind of getting a quarterback late. That's Lamar Jackson in the fifth round. Because think about it. Lamar Jackson had his 30-point-per-game season, and he was the following year drafted in the second round or the first round. Patrick Mahomes, after his huge first season, where he had 30 points per game and was far outpacing any other quarterback, he was drafted in the first or second round the following year. Now, Lamar Jackson was good last year, but obviously he regressed. He went back down to the mean you can't be massively efficient multiple years and have outlier years over and over and over. It just That's not how it works, especially consecutively. And it didn't happen with Mahomes either. Well, now all of a sudden, Josh Allen is going in the third round. Kyler Murray is going in the fourth round. And Lamar's going in the fifth? That doesn't make much sense to me. Because last I checked, Lamar Jackson has Rashad Bateman added to his weapons He has Sammy Watkins added to his weapons. He has Tylen Wallace added to his weapons. And he still runs the ball like crazy. So if he sees any improvement, with or without the weapons included, if he just improved by himself as a passer, he's going to be better for fantasy. Well, now he's also got better weapons. So that should help him be better for fantasy, even if he doesn't get better. And if both happen together, guess what you're looking at? Another very efficient Passing a seat, passing season from Lamar Jackson. It's not going to be high volume, but combined with his rushing, the high efficiency is going to make him very, very good. So he's my quarterback too, and you're getting him in the fifth round. I think that's awesome because round six, seven is usually where everyone starts grabbing their quarterbacks if they haven't already grabbed one. So you're getting Lamar Jackson pretty much a round earlier or two rounds earlier than the point where eight out of your 12 teams in the league will grab a quarterback and he's way better than them? Yeah, I'll take Lamar Jackson there. Plus, looking at that round, there's not that many names that stick out to me in that fifth round. 
So definitely not, definitely not running back wise. And I mean, you could say Miles Gaskin, but unfortunately his ADP actually has snuck into the back of the fourth. So that's why I couldn't put him here as an option. I'm by the way, using fantasy football calculator or ADP calculator online. So if you want to check out, see what I'm looking at, that's what it is. It's the ADP I'm using that they're using is from the last two days, 2000 drafts, 2000 drafts over the last two days. So it's super updated. So Lamar Jackson in the fifth is my favorite there. Now in the sixth round, and this is very, very recent. So I guess this is a a piece of news I can work in right now. My favorite pick in the sixth round is actually a running back and it's Damian Harris, but it's dangerous because Damian Harris could be a fourth round pick in a couple days. By the time you're hearing this, he might be a fourth round pick, maybe a fifth. Well, right now he's a sixth round pick. And the reason I say it might change is if everyone realizes what I realize in the chance that Mac Jones takes over that starting role. Now, you guys know I've been preaching Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton. Luckily, he's been somebody that's been a very low-risk, high-reward player to draft. So if you listen to me, and it turns out this COVID misunderstanding with Bill Belichick and the team policy that Cam Newton had actually does end up making him lose his job, and it does become Mac Jones week one, well, luckily, it's not going to really hurt you if you took my advice to draft him because you were getting him for next to nothing at the end of drafts. So it's really not a big deal at all. Now, if this is really just some smoke right now and the next preseason game comes around and Cam Newton's going to get his job back, let's say Mac Jones doesn't play great and he fixes and resolves the situation, smooths it over about the misunderstanding, which obviously everyone's human, that can happen. He can easily make a mistake, own up to it, smooth it over and be fine. If that happens and he is the starter, then then that pick was still good. But anyways, I'm getting off track. So if Mac Jones does become the starter, it's really going to be good for Damian Harris and actually somebody else we'll talk about later. But it's going to be very good for Damian Harris because the offense, from what I saw in preseason, Mac Jones actually looks pretty good. Now, I wouldn't be interested in him for fantasy purposes as I am Cam Newton. That's because he doesn't run the ball and he's not going to have a bunch of rushing touchdowns, which is great for fantasy for quarterbacks. But it makes me more interested in all the players in that offense. Cam Newton was really the only person I was drafting, thinking of him being the starter, sometimes Damian Harris. But if you're looking at Mac Jones as the starter, I'm interested in Damian Harris extremely because the offense should still be as good as it would be with Cam Newton, except now Cam Newton's not stealing a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Now those touchdowns are available for Damian Harris. Damian Harris might get more targets because they're going to pass more when Cam would run the ball instead of checking it down. Mac Jones, he's not going to run the ball. He's going to check it down. So that's targets for the running back position that were not previously there with Cam Newton. So Damian Harris, I love. And plus, with the Sony Michelle getting traded away news, it's Damian Harris and Ramon J. Stevenson, baby. My RB6, my rookie running back six in the draft class before they all got drafted to their teams was Ramondre Stevenson. And I compared him to like a Marshawn Lynch type, not saying that's the kind of career he's going to have, but that's somebody that really seems comparable to him in my eyes. And he's looked very good in the preseason. He's actually looked faster than he did in college, which is awesome. That's, that's never a bad thing for a running back to get faster. So 
Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, really interested in those guys, but Harris for sure in round six when he could be a top 16 running back, love it. So Damian Harris is my favorite pick in round six. Now in round seven, we're going to get another running back that's going to be the last one for a while, and that's Michael Carter, but he's not the only person. Also Antonio Brown. Those are my two favorite guys in round seven. Antonio Brown is not going to be too far off Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are being drafted in rounds three and four, respectively. Well, Antonio Brown might be like three points per game worse than those guys, and he's drafted four rounds after Mike Evans, three rounds after, or no, yes, four rounds after Mike Evans and three rounds after Chris Godwin, then that's a great steal. Antonio Brown, he's going to have a at least 15% target share, possibly upwards to 18, 20% target share in a Bucks offense that passes the ball a lot. And he's got a great connection with Tom Brady. He was very good with Tom Brady. He averaged about 15 points per game last season. If he gets you that as a receiver in the seventh round, love it. Love it. And especially when you're going running back heavy, Antonio Brown as your wide receiver, even two, which you're probably, that's probably not going to be the case. You're probably going to get him as your wide receiver three. But Antonio Brown as your wide receiver two is completely, completely fine when you got a bunch of stud running backs, maybe a stud tight end, maybe Lamar Jackson. I love that. So Antonio Brown is somebody I love. And then Michael Carter, for the reason being that while he's not somebody I love, in round seven, you're getting potential from a running back that could get 50% of the carries and maybe a 12% target share on the team, that's pretty good. And that's not something that you find often this late in a draft for a running back. So that's why I like Michael Carter. Now let's get to round eight. And this is where we've got a three-bagger. We've got two quarterbacks. You guys could probably guess who they are if you've listened long enough. And a wide receiver who you might have a good idea as well. So Let's get into it. It's LaVisca Chenault, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill. Let's start with LaVisca. LaVisca could easily be the wide receiver one for the Jaguars. He could easily be the most targeted. And with the news, the recent news that Travis Etienne has gone down and he's out for the season, that's a lot of targets that might get moved over to LaVisca. There's also some carries that might get moved over to LaVisca. When they drafted Travis Etienne, which by the way, Taking a running back over an offensive lineman when you have a bad offensive line, a rookie franchise quarterback that you just drafted, and you have James Robinson already. You're taking a skill position player over an offensive lineman at a position that you already are good at. That makes no sense. The Travis Etienne pick was bad in the first place. Similar to the Jamar Chase pick over Panay Sewell at a position of wide receiver where you already had... Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, and even Auden Tate, who I think is way better than people give him credit for. That was also a bad pick. And also, similarly, a uh, not rookie, but second year franchise, hopefully, quarterback. So, come on. Bad organizations, they make bad decisions, right? It that, That's why they don't get out the hole. That's why they don't get out the hole. But anyways, LaVisca Chenault, he could get a whole bunch of targets. I'm talking 130-plus targets this season. You're getting him in the eighth round. That's pretty insane value. And he was actually one of the better, statistically better rookie wide receivers in the entire draft class last year. He had the best hands. He had 
I think the first or second best contested catch rate among all those rookie wide receivers. If you just watch him, he's just natural, man. He catches everything. If the ball is near him, he's catching it. Plus, he doesn't go down easy. He gets a lot of extra yardage. The only concern to me about LaVisca Chenault is if he gets injured or not. Outside of that, he's an absolute beast, and I love him at round eight. And he's almost a wide receiver two for me. He's wide receiver like 25. So that's basically a wide receiver two in round eight. Come on now, with potential to be great. So wide receiver in round eight, potential to be great. Don't be late. Let's come to the party in round eight and get LaVisca. That was horrible. <laughs> Sorry, super cringy. All right, let's get let's get to the quarterbacks. Matt Stafford, Ryan Tannehill. They are my quarterbacks six and seven. Getting them in the eighth round is pretty nice. Stafford and Tannehill both have better weapons than they did last year. They both have two very good wide receivers with Tannehill having obviously A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and obviously Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are catching the balls from Matthew Stafford. So they both have great weapons. They both are in good offenses. Stafford's going to throw a lot more than Tannehill, but Tannehill makes up the difference with running because he runs a lot more than people realize, especially with rushing touchdowns. So both of these guys are going to be in very good offenses for their skill sets. Both of them are going to be very good for fantasy. Stafford is going to see efficiency bumps because he's got a better situation in terms of receiving core and a better coaching situation with Sean McVay, one of the better offensive minds in the league, which nobody disagrees with, and Ryan Tannehill getting a all-pro wide receiver destined for the Hall of Fame added to his team. So both have a lot going for them. I like them a lot in round eight. Now let's talk about round nine. I love both of these receivers a lot, and that's Tyler Boyd, of course, and Corey Davis. I'm not going to talk too much about Tyler Boyd because you guys already know the story. He's been a wide receiver too or better every single year for the past three years if you only take his games with him playing and with his starting quarterback playing. He's been a wide receiver too. Last year with Joe Burrow, he was wide receiver eight from week three. So once Joe Burrow got comfortable and stopped hyper-targeting A.J. Green just because he's A.J. Green, even though he was trash, once and once he started throwing the ball to T. Higgins too, the rookie. So once he got comfortable and got used to what the offense is going to be this year, which is why I choose from week three on, from week three on, Tyler Boyd was wide receiver eight with Joe Burrow until Burrow got injured. Obviously, the whole offense stepped back after that. And then Tyler Boyd got injured a few weeks later. But he was great with Joe Burrow. Everyone's freaking out about Jamar Chase. Well, and I'm not putting too much stock into this, but Jamar Chase has not been creating much separation. He's been dropping balls. He's not looking good in preseason. There are some reports, which I think are all smoke, but there are some reports that Auden Tate is going to be stealing snaps away from Jamar Chase now, which that <laughs> oh, that's another conversation. But Jamar Chase, he'll be fine for Dynasty. I'm not worried about it. But Tyler Boyd is the slot receiver. Jamar Chase was not going to be in the slot over Tyler Boyd. He would be on the outside. T. Higgins is on the outside. He's not going in the slot. Tyler Boyd's targets are safe. So I love Tyler Boyd. He's a wide receiver two for me. I think it's a pretty safe take, even though everyone thinks it's a hot take, because Tyler Boyd is the 40th receiver off the board, and I have him ranked inside my top 24. So call, I'm going to call it what it is. Y'all are crazy. And if Tyler Boyd stays healthy and Joe Burrow stays healthy, just wait on it. Tyler Boyd is going to be a massive value. He's going to prove to be a great pick this year. And then we have Corey Davis. This is 
all off of recent preseason evaluations, I guess you could say. Zach Wilson threw like nine passes, and six of them went to Corey Davis. And Corey Davis looks pretty good, and Zach Wilson clearly loves him. Elijah Moore has been missing time, so he's going to be behind the ball. So even if you love Elijah Moore, that doesn't mean you can't love Corey Davis. So Corey Davis is another wide receiver who could get 130-plus targets. That's the same with all the receivers we've talked about recently. LaVisca could get 130 targets or more. Same thing with Corey Davis. Same thing with Tyler Boyd. And I would bet you Tyler Boyd gets at least 120. At least. And if you want to take that over under, hit me up on Twitter. We'll do something fun. Then in round 10, we've got two more receivers. Michael Pittman, Darnell Mooney. Michael Pittman. He could be the wide receiver one. He probably is, should be the wide receiver one in Indy at this point where T.Y. Hilton is in his career. Carson Wentz is apparently on track and good to go for week one. So that's also good news. And that offense is going to have to go through somebody. And Paris Campbell's never healthy. T.Y. Hilton is getting really dangerously close to that wide receiver drop-off age of 32. And Jonathan Taylor, he's good obviously, but he can't be everything, so they're going to need to throw the ball to somebody. They didn't acquire a tight end this year, so it's got to go to Michael Pittman, in my opinion. So that's why I like Michael Pittman. Pretty much a volume play. He's good. I don't think he's a great receiver, but when you're getting the volume he's expected to see, then that's awesome. So I like him in wide receiver 10, or round 10, sorry, and then Darnell Mooney. If Justin Fields takes over, his deep ball is going to pair perfectly with Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is also going to be in a better offense. If that is the case, and he could have a better opportunity at touchdowns. And going in the 10th round, you're likely getting Mooney as your wide receiver 5. That's that's awesome. I love him as a wide receiver 5. He could be your wide receiver 4, and I would have no complaints. And if you go like super running back heavy at the top, and grab like 4 running backs in the first 5-6 rounds, and you feel super comfortable, Mooney might end up being your wide receiver 6. Love it. Then in right... Round 11, we've got two more receivers. You're getting a pattern here. Marquez Callaway, who looked great in the preseason with Jameis Winston, who's apparently looking like he's going to lock down that starting role. And then Henry Rooks, which you guys know I'm much higher on than consensus as well. So there's two more wide receivers there that I have no problem with being your wide receiver four or five that you're getting in round 11. Then in round 12, we have Justin Fields. Justin Fields is somebody that once he takes over that starting role, which I don't see how by week three or four, Justin Fields is not the starter. But if that is the case, then, or with that being the case, sorry, I should say that. With that being the case, Justin Fields, once he is the starter, is going to be ridiculous. He looks so poised. Somebody put it very well. I don't remember who it was, but somebody was talking about Justin Fields and saying, look, Zach Wilson has looked good. Trey Lance has looked good, but they have had their pitfalls. Justin Fields, in the preseason I'm talking about, Justin Fields has looked good. He's made maybe one or two bad decisions. He looks like a three-year NFL veteran right now. He gets out of the pocket, Plus, which, by the way, that offensive line is not too great. So having Justin Fields out there is going to give their team a way better chance to win games because Justin Fields, when the pocket is breaking down, we've seen it in the preseason a bunch already. He gets out, and he makes plays. Andy Dalton ain't doing that. So I don't really know why they're just keeping their foot on the gas pedal and not letting off the Andy Dalton train. 
but they will very soon because he needs to keep his job. He is in Matt Nagy. He needs to keep his job. And after Andy Dalton looks like Andy Dalton, oh, big surprise, then he's going to say, well, if I don't get Justin Fields out there and feel looking good, then I'm out. So let's throw him out and see what he can do. So that's why I love Fields. He's a top 12 quarterback once he takes over, in my opinion, or very close to it. And lastly, in round 13, and then I'll give you guys some like just best of the rest. In round 13, James White. This is another guy with Mac Jones because if Mac Jones is the quarterback, their pass volume is going to be more than 100 attempts higher than it would be with Cam Newton. And a lot of those are going to go to the running back position because instead of a quarterback running the ball, now the quarterback is checking it down. So that's why I love James White at round 13. He's a great running back five on your, your team that can give you a consistent six points per week at least. Now let's talk about the best of the rest. These guys are all kind of muddied in ADP. So the thing that happens with ADP is when you get really, really late, then there's like 30 players that have an ADP of round 14 because there's such a vast differential of how people view these guys and they're all just picking their sleepers. So, And also when players don't get picked in a draft, they don't get calculated into ADP. So if you have somebody getting picked in the 13th round half the time and not getting picked half the time at all, instead of his ADP being like the end of the draft, his ADP is going to be round 13 because every time he's picked, that's where it is. So that's why I do best of the rest from this point on. And I've got five five names for you. Four of them are wide receivers. So this is why emphasis running back early, grab them. These are Brian Edwards, Rondale Moore, Amon Ross St. Brown, Terrace Marshall, and then the one running back is Kenny Gainwell. And actually you could throw Ramondre Stevenson in there too. Brian Edwards is supposedly looking great, still not creating much separation. All his highlights and all his camp talk and hype is all about him just catching balls over dudes. That's great, and maybe that'll translate, maybe, but I would rather hear that he's creating separation. But he's, at this point in the draft, he's worth a shot because if he does bring that to the table and he does translate that from practice and preseason into the real games then he'll be pretty good. So that's why I like Brian Edwards. Rondell Moore is a weapon that they could use in so many ways. He's looked decent. He's getting good usage in the preseason. Amon Ross St. Brown, he's looked decent in the preseason as well. And they can't just throw to DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. So maybe Amon Ross St. Brown will be okay as a wide receiver. And he's going super late. Terrace Marshall, the Panthers had three relevant wide receivers last year. Why would it not be the same thing this year? Terrace Marshall has actually been one of the best rookies in the preseason. And then Kenny Gainwell, because he's going to get the receiving. He's looked good as well in the preseason. He was my running back four in this rookie class. I actually think Kenny Gainwell is better than Michael Carter. So I love him. And then Ramondre Stevenson, now that Sony Michelle is gone, could definitely be somebody as well. There's also a bunch of other sleepers, which we'll probably talk about on another podcast. But I just wanted to say thank you guys for listening. Those are my favorite players by round. I'm going to go over some quick notes. I adjusted the Bengals. I knocked down Jamar Chase's target share from like, I think it was 21% that I had in the sheets. I knocked it down to about 18, gave 1% extra to, uh, was it Joe Mixon? I believe it was Joe Mixon. And then sent the rest of the other category, right? So you've got some, some targets to play with if you want them. And then, so Jamar Chase got knocked out of my top, like, 25 wide receivers. Now he's at, like, wide receiver 33 or something, 36 maybe. 
And I also adjusted the, oh man, I adjusted the Bengals. Oh, I adjusted the Jets. I moved up Corey Davis's target share up by like 2% because he's just getting hyper targeted right now. I knocked down Elijah Moore's a little bit because at the time I projected them initially, that was a couple months ago or like a month and a half ago where Elijah Moore was like healthy and doing a lot. So he was looking really good. Well, now with missing time and being a little banged up and stuff, I had to knock his target share down a bit. And I actually gave a little bit to Michael Carter from Elijah Moore. I've made some other small adjustments. Let me just pull up that last one for you, and then we'll get out of here. The last adjustment I made was... All right, actually, you can just find find it on Twitter because I deleted it from my iPad, which is what I use for my show notes. So have a good one, guys. Um, Check me out on the website, on Instagram, all that stuff. Wherever you aren't following me, I'd appreciate a follow. And you can contact me anytime you want, always messaging. I think I had like three or four people message me today that say they listen to the podcast and have never messaged me before. I don't know if you're listening to the podcast why you're not messaging me. I love talking to all of you guys. You guys support me. I'd gladly do the same to you. So once again, thank you. Have a good one. Drop a rating, drop a review if you can. Share the podcast with a friend. Good luck this season in fantasy. Peace.